0: Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the word. I got a couple of messages. In a couple of weeks, I want to deal with this. I want to talk about the signs of the times. The signs of the times. We've been talking about how God speaks The different ways he speaks to us through dreams, visions, the word of God, of course. And last week, by the way, I really gave a lot of information about how to discern the voice of God and making major decisions. So you need to go back and watch that, how he does it through his word, through his wisdom, and through his ways. Uh, That's a very important message that we need to hear today. And then one of the ways that God also hears from us is uh, speaks to us is through signs. And so I began to think about this. I said, this is way too much to fit into one message. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and make a couple of weeks out of this as we talk about the signs of the time. So will not you open your Bibles with me over to the book of Luke. So many scriptures I could use, but I'm going to use Luke. And will not you stand with me to honor God's word. Welcome all of our first time guests again. Thank you for being with us today. We love to stand when we read the Bible for our opening text. The rest of the scriptures will be on the screen. Just something we do from the book of Nehemiah. As they stood when the word of God was read, even to this day, there are people that uh, honor the word of God in in, uh, the Judaism and other people that worship a God, our same God, uh, that we need to honor the word of God. So we just do this. Uh, They did it in the early church as well. Uh, So Luke chapter 21, I was thinking of Acts chapter 2, but I'm going to use Luke 21. Acts chapter 2 talks about, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit, says the Lord on all flesh, on your sons and daughters. Wasn't it awesome to see our young people leading us into worship today? How many know our young people are not the the church for tomorrow, they're the church for today? They really are, amen. And we wanna pray over you guys before you go back to college, start your college this week, and then we'll pray over all of our kids. We have school teachers, we have people that work in the uh, school academic world. We wanna pray over you come Labor Day as we are getting back to school. And all the parents said, Amen. Uh, but Acts chapter 2 talks about pouring out his spirit, your sons and your daughters, they will dream dreams, they will have visions, they will prophesy, right? These are ways God speaks to us. And then he ends it and he says, there will be signs in the heavens in the sun and the moon. The sun will be darkened, the moon will be turned into blood, right? He starts talking about, and this all is in the context of the last days that was kicked off when the, when the Holy Spirit descended in the upper room and gave the church power. How many are thankful that we don't have a religion, but we have the power? Of the Holy Ghost. How many are thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit that you have in your life that we have in our life? Amen. We believe in that. This is a spirit-filled, spirit-led church. And that's the only way we're gonna live for God is to live by the Spirit of God and through His power. But He talks about signs and wonders, signs of the times. And so I want to look at Luke, and I believe Peter is quoting Joel, an Old Testament book, but he's also quoting Jesus. This is Jesus in Luke chapter 21, and look at verse 25, and he says, and there will be signs in the sun. This is, again, just like Acts chapter 2. He says, in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. And on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity. The word perplexity there means, the same in the English, means leaders that don't know what to do. Do you think we're there? He says the sea and the waves will be roaring. So nature and, and the weather will be all over the place. Men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming upon the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads. Don't be afraid. Don't be depressed. Don't be anxious. He says, lift up your heads. Look up to heaven, for your redemption is drawing near. It's time to come home. That's what what he's saying. Amen. So and then look at verse 34, and then this is where we're going to land today. This is what it all means. This is what God is saying when we see these crazy times. This is what he wants us to uh, focus in on. This is the instruction. Now, take heed to yourselves. I mean, pay attention to yourself. Lest your hearts be weighed down or heavy burdened with carousing and partying and drunkenness and the cares of this life. Because many people, that's how they treat the pain. That's how we used to before we got saved, before we we came into a relationship with God, right? We we tried to numb the pain. We looked for different substitutes there. This is what the world continues to do. Jesus says, don't do that. Verse 35, for all of these things will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. And these are the two words I want to focus on today. Watch and pray. This is the word today. Watch and pray always, so that you may be counted worthy to escape all the things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. Thank you, Lord, for Your word. We honor You today. I pray Your blessing upon us. Give us ears to hear. Anoint me to preach and teach Your word, God. Let Your Spirit rise up. Let the words of my heart and the medita- words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto You, O Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody, say Amen, Amen. You may be seated. Amen signs of the times. I believe that's kind of a relevant thing to say. Even in the secular world, one of the top songs right now is Sign of the Times by a guy named Harry. Some of y'all know him and stuff. It's uh, Styles. I mean, it's even the secular world is starting to look and say, man, you know that stuff grandma was talking about? Uh, I think she was right. (laughs) And it's also causing people to turn toward the Lord. But Even people in the secular community is noticing it. The uh, physicists have, the nuclear scientists, which are predominantly atheists or agnostic at best, have moved the doomsday clock. Did you hear about that? Earlier this year, just a few months ago, they moved the doomsday clock. How many know there's a doomsday clock? He moved it up another minute. So they officially declared us uh, in the two-minute warning So I'm praying it's like the football minutes in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We'll bring some good news here in just a moment, but uh, it's going to get a little heavy. This is just where it is. This is truth. Hey, we, we, we preached a word here. Come on, somebody. Amen. Uh, and so this is where we are. We need to know this stuff. Jesus talked uh, about this uh, a lot and it's on everybody's lips. Everyone's talking about it. Uh, and we need to talk about it as well. And so, uh, so yeah, they've done that. Call it the two-minute warning. But there are, there are many signs that are all around us. And let me just give you a few of them right now. Uh, The bad first, and that is uh, the Bible predicts the emerging of an alliance of the five kings from the east. And we're seeing the emergence of China right now in our culture as a superpower, not only economically, but also militarily. This is a fulfillment of of power uh, or prophecy. Even the secular media is calling this, this is their terminology, the unholy alliance as China, Iran, Saudi Arabia, China and Iran, first of all. Is insane. And China is making a deal with Iran and saw, uh, the Saudis. That's like unheard of with North Korea and Russia forming this unholy alliance. This is uh, prophetic. I absolutely, I believe it. It's all in Ezekiel, and I don't want to get too far in it. Some of you are in those Bible studies, and you see that right now. This is just a sign of the time. Also in relation to Revelations 9 and 16, the Bible prophesies that the river Euphrates will dry up and the river Euphrates has not dried up. And everyone's saying, yeah, this is never going to happen. It's got a heavy dosage of supply of water. Well, two years ago, the Euphrates River began to dry up. And it is almost, they're predicting by 2025, it will be dried up completely. Fulfilling Revelation chapter 9 and 16, where five kings from the east uh, coming out of the mouth of China, or coming out of the mouth of the dragon, which many believe is uh, China, will march across the River Euphrates and attack Israel. This is all in your Bible in Revelations, and it's coming to pass right now. You can look up the River Euphrates, and you'll be blown. You can walk across it in several places. They have aerial shots, and they're saying it's climate change because they don't know what is causing the water to dry up. To me, I'm telling you, it's because we. We have a God that is in heaven that is orchestrating the times and dates of man, and He is in control and when it 's time to go it 's time to go and that 's what God is doing so it 's the signs of the times, the dramatic increase of violence that it 's like a knob on a wall somewhere of all of these things that we 've been talking about uh, since the time of Jesus. With all this doomsday stuff, it's been happening, I know. And the Bible even says that people will say, haven't you been saying that from the beginning? Because it has been happening, but it's like a dial on the wall somewhere. Someone is turning this dial up. Like we've never had this kind. We have not just one or two signs. They're all here all the time, every day, all around us. And so you see a dramatic increase of violence. We've always had violence, but not at this scale. Drug use, we've never had it at this level. And perplexity, as I've read in our text, where our leaders just don't know what to do So we fight with one another, amen, because that's a distraction. We try to distract and solve problems, but that's what our uh, leadership does. But they're just fulfilling prophecy. We don't know what to do. There is a blatant promotion of immorality, which the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, that in later times, many will depart from the faith. There will be a great falling away, and people will fall away from the faith, And following deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. How about that? Think about that. He says in the last days there will be these ideologies that will be funneled and influenced by actually demons. It's like, whoa, what? This is demonic ideologies. This is the absurdity of some of the arguments we see that's being introduced in our cultures. These things about sexual immorality and our identity and, and uh, male and female, the re-defining uh, of gender even. And back in the day when someone struggled with this, your gender dysphoria and you felt like you were in the wrong body, you would go and you'd talk to a professional, a counselor, and they would talk you through it. And th- it does happen, there is a bro- our gene pool is broken as human beings, and sometimes that's a real thing that people need need help to walk through. But today, it's, we don't need any, that if you, if you are a girl, right, and you like to play with trucks, then you must be a boy. And, and if you're a boy and you like to cook, then you must be a girl. And now it's almost like a fad, and we see what's happening, and, and all of this stuff, and so much confusion is just out there, and people don't even know what to do, and they get mad, they get angry, and, and we try to fight with one another, and we don't know what to do, listen. This is all blurring the lines of God's sacred design of his creation for our sexuality. Did you hear that? It's all blurring the lines of God's design of sacredness of our sexuality. This is not of human origin, people. Listen to me. This is not of human origin. The Bible says this is influenced uh, by deceiving spirits. I got this book here today. It's an amazing book and I don't have it on the screen, but I recommend it to anybody in our church. And I know there's several of you and many watch online and I have been ministering to some of you that deal with the transgender issues. Issue in the LGBT plus community in your family. This book is called Transformation. This was this young lady was at our general council, Linda Celier. Celier. She's a PhD. She got her PhD in theology, but she also felt like she was living in a man's body for over 11 years. This book is amazing. Right here, you need to get it. It's called Transformation, and I think everybody Christian should get it because we need to be up on. What, how to minister to these people. What changed her life was she had one pastor that she went in and talked to. She was already got saved. She was in campus and college ministry. She was in Chi Alpha. And the whole time she was attracted to women. She was attracted to her leader. And she thought she was a man. She wanted to be this man. She already had the name. And in the 80s, it was a little different than today. And so she's struggling. She prayed and thought that she would get delivered the moment she gave her life to Jesus. And she did sense a difference, but she still struggled. And she finally went to her pastor and it was one pastor that sat down with her and said, honey, I want you to know, first of all, I don't condemn you and that God loves you and he's got a plan for your life. And I'm here to help you with the confusion and bring you out to what God has called you to do. That began 11 year journey of her standing and she stood in that auditorium with 13,000 people and you can hear a pin drop as she preached to the church about this is an area that we need to lean into. This isn't an area we need to run away or get... My, you can't argue somebody who's a, who is de- deceived by demonic influence. You can try to argue you need spiritual weapons called prayer and the word of God. I'm not getting no amens in my church this morning. This is not... Way away, this is at your front door. Your kids and grandkids are dealing with it. When they go to school this year, they're going to be dealing with it. And it's okay to say, you know, it, it used to be okay to just say, just ignore them, walk away. But I'm telling you, the Gen Z, they say seven out, four out of 10 of Gen Zers now are, are identifying with the LGBT plus community. Did you hear that? Four out of 10. It exploded since 1980. This is an issue. And I'm just pausing here. It's not a rabbit trail. I'm telling you to bring it all the way back around full circle. This is predicted in the Bible that there will be deceiving doctrines that seem to sound good, but they will bring confusion and will blur the lines of God's truth and his sacredness for humanity. There is an architect behind the teaching that you have, that we have today in our culture. Well, Hallelujah. We also see the last, in the end times, the signs of the times, an explosion of technology. We see this with the rise of AI and the phenomenon of alien UFO or UAPs, can you? So let's make fun of it at first, all right? There's no Martians running around. There is no ET, all right, we'll make fun of it first. But let me also remind you that our Congress just had hearings (laughs) about UAPs and UFOs. And I'm gonna dive a little bit into it next week as I talk about the unholy trinity of the Antichrist, a false prophet. There's actually three beings that's predicted in the last days. And what I believe it is, First of all, there's no Martians, there's no aliens, uh, there's no God did not create another race of species that's on another planet. Uh, And the only ones, by the way, let me just say that, the only ones who really say that is us Christians. But what would happen if us Christians, us Bible thumpers, were taken out of the society? What do you think would happen? They would embrace that teaching all the way 100%, which I believe is just preparing the way for an Antichrist and a Superman man that's going to be called the false prophet. It's not out of the Lord of the Rings, it's in the book of Revelation. Yeah. Amen. Revelation 16, we'll be there next week as I talk a little bit about it, but not going to go too much. The Bible also predicts in the last days that the love of many, this is the agape love, the only the love that Christians can possess. It's, it's that love that you receive when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ. The world has phileo love and and those other conditional loves, but only the church has that unconditional love. The Bible, Jesus said, because there will be sin everywhere you look and arguments and fightings and disunity, everywhere you look, Jesus said that's going to happen. It's going to cause the church to lose its love, and the love will begin to grow cold. I don't know. I think the Bible's outdated. He's way off on that. Jesus missed that by a mile. It's such an ancient, irrelevant book to be written 2,000 years ago. It's exactly what's happening. I want to deal with it today. Now, you ready for some good news? Because the Bible does say, while all this stuff is happening, it's not all doom and gloom. He said in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, on all flesh, on sons and daughters. So there will be this craziness that will be happening. There will be this unity, disunity, and disharmony absolutely will be happening. But at the same time, God says, I will have a revival a remnant of people and pockets of revival of people who aren't weighed down, who are waking up to their identity, waking up to who they are to be called in the planet earth and to do something for God. Come on somebody, am I at the right church today? We've seen, let me remind you of what happened earlier. We saw uh, on the football field, come on, football's here. You know I got to talk about it. But we saw Tamar Hamblin, who his heart stopped right on the football field and was pronounced dead, but the guy said, don't say that out loud. And I love it because in a culture where praying to Jehovah God might be inappropriate or forbidden, one thing we learn, when things really begin to happen, we throw the rules out. And they got down on their knees, and they called out not to Muhammad, not to Buddha, not to the self, but they called out to your God and my God, and God answered the prayer. Let me remind you, God answered the prayer on that football field. He extended that man's life. That wasn't an accident. That was God's grace and mercy. And the former lion, I have to throw that in there, Dan Orlowski wasn't a very good quarterback, but he was a great prayer prayed live on ESPN. And you saw the comments on social media how there were dads taking their kids and say, come here, sit down, listen to the ESPN. And the kids were like, dad, I'm tired of ESPN. And dads were going, no, this man is praying. And on national TV, Dan Olowski bowed his head and he prayed. I don't minimize that. I think we should celebrate that and say, go, go, brother. I don't know his doctrine, and I'm not there to judge. I'm there to applaud that somebody had enough boldness to stand up and pray for a young man. I got excited. I pray that anointing goes right onto the Detroit Lions this year in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let me remind you of the revival at Asbury University that happened earlier this year. We're thousands. Everybody say thousands. Thousands of students gathered for chapel and the man simply preached about reaching the lost. It wasn't excited. It wasn't charismatic. He didn't even probably raise his voice. I don't know. But somehow God got a hold of one student that got a hold of another student that got a hold of another student and they said, let's pray until God does something amazing. And in the last days, I will pour out my spirit, says the Lord. And a revival broke out and people traveled from all over the world to go and to see what God was doing. This spread to other colleges, some Ivy League universities such as Harvard, which actually was started to train ministers to evangelize the eastern seaboard. The statue of Mr. Harvard is still on the campus with him holding his Bible. Harvard was a Christian university. They had a rule that said if any student does not believe the Bible is inspired by God, will be dismissed. It's in 1860-something when they became chartered. Tim Delano was asked to hold a prayer meeting, and he did. And, and 1,000 students showed up at Harvard. Three of them, uh, I, I pray, God, do it again this fall. Do it again this fall. Do it again this fall. Hollywood seeing the rise of Jesus films. While many of them are striking for more money, God said, all right, I believe. God said, all right, I'm going to get in here, and I'm going to get the glory. And he began to use Hollywood. And look what happened. It was the rise of these Jesus films that we saw like chosen, who was never supposed to break any kind of record. And if you've all seen Chosen, I think they do a phenomenal job in telling the stories of Jesus Christ. And there's people watching those right now. I just talked to somebody in our church, and they have loved ones in their family who don't go to church, but they watch this Chosen, and many of you do it. Many of you have given it to your families, and I recommend you continue to do it. The Jesus Revolution, a movie that was just uh, an amazing, I think it's all God's timing. I, all, it, it beat all expectations, and Newsweek put the picture in the article of these Jesus films of how they bring an awareness to things that the Bible talks about. These are signs of the times. I'm telling you, it's not all doom and gloom. God is moving in the earth today. We also seen, last one, we also seen the largest water baptism services in American history happen this year. Pastor Greg Laurie baptized 4,500 people. We can celebrate that. Let me just pastor you for a minute. Have you been baptized? Baptism separates the tire kickers from the car buyers. (laughs) Baptism brings you from Facebook friend status to let's have a coffee status. Are you, have you been water baptized? We got another one coming up in the fall. You can sign up and get it. You get 4,500. But that wasn't nothing compared to this young man. Are you ready? A preacher named Michael Ty. y'all know him. He had the largest water baptism in American history. Are you ready? 25,000 people got water baptized on flood Sunday. Come on, we need to make some noise for that. We can celebrate that. were millennials. Uh Uh-oh. Telling you, I thank God, we need to pray for Michael Todd. Pray for Stephen Furtick. Pray for these guys. We don't need to be judging them and throwing them under the bus. If the church would just get together and lock arms, man, we could overtake this place. But we look at, who'd you vote for? And what are you wearing? And I've seen that like on Facebook. and give that to God. And you do the work of God and occupy till I come, he said. Oh, calm down, Eddie. I'm trying. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lastly, there was a revival. There's been a revival on prayer from Taiwan that a pastor gave a prophetic word two years ago that they were be invaded. We all know what's going on over there in the sea. And they've been in a revival of prayer for two years, way before China threatened this. What is all this saying? Number one, Jesus is coming just like he came the first time he's gonna come again and i pray that you're ready now get into the message what does that mean for us i told you what it was verse 34 and verse 34 through 36 that's for us when these things begin to happen he said don't be weighed down don't run to a bottle don't run to a pill don't run to a smoke a vapor a needle whatever else we got out there our relationship Don't run to these things because it's not going to satisfy. It's not going to treat the source of the problem. Jesus said, come to me. Come to me, all you who are heavy laden. If you're in this building and you're dealing with addiction, I'm glad you're at church today. I don't care if you are hungover as a skunk and you smell like beer and you couldn't even worship because you're going to get somebody in front of you. high. I want you to know I'm happy you're in the house of God today. I said, I'm happy you're in the house of God. If you're watching on TV and you're still hungover, I want you to know that God has got me on fire today just to wake you up and make that headache. No, I mean, just <laughs> to let you know that God loves you. He has a plan for your life. And here it is. He's got something better for you. He's got something better for you. Come unto him. And he gives us these two words. Are you ready? Watch and pray. Every week, I'm just going to give you something simple. At the end of all of these signs, there is an instruction. When we talk about the Antichrist, Jesus, Paul gave an instruction. I'm going to give you one this week. Jesus said, this is what we do, church. Watch and pray. We need to get back into a season of prayer and, and get into it more than ever. Pray always, all the time, he said. So we know what prayer is, but I got to think of the word watch. Everybody say Watch. What does watch mean? Watch means to keep awake, to alert, be alert, and oriented toward God. To keep awake, that's the Greek, and alert. And then I add an oriented toward God. And some of you that's in the medical field, you recognize this term right here. This is also called O in the medical term. I don't use it, but I've had it done to me. And maybe you have had this applied to you if you've been in a car accident or God forbid you had a stroke or a disease. I had a motorcycle accident in 09 and the, amb- the first responders use this. And many of you are uh, first responders or in the medical field and you've used this. And so it's called A And what it is, it's a, here's the word, it's an assessment to determine the level of awareness in a person. That's what, that's what this is. They would ask you these four questions to determine, and many of you have had them asked to you when you arrive at the hospital, and the four questions are this, do you know who you are? Do you know where you are? Do you know what time it is, month, week, day, and do you know why you're talking to me? These And and based on your answers, you will be categorized as A and O number four, A and O number three, A and O two or one, because it's possible to know one or two or even three out of the four. It's possible to not know all four. And I want to just spiritualize it for you today. And the Lord gave me this in prayer and said, tell the people that there are many people who are just like that. They don't know who they are. They don't know what time it is in history. They don't know what to do with their life, and they certainly don't know what to do with what God's called him to do. That's why he's told us to watch and pray. And it is possible to, have, to be at a level two where you know who you are and you know you're in the hospital, but you don't know what happened. In church, it is possible for you to believe in Jesus, but not know where you are in history and not know the urgency that God is calling us to and not know what to do with all of the stuff that is happening around in your, your, in your world today. That's good, Pastor Reddy. Thank you. I need the encouragement. So this is why Jesus says to watch and pray. Are you with me? Write these down. As you watch and pray, we're going to go through all four of these. because I, I And it's amazing how, how see, I'm, I'm late to the game in education. Y'all, you know, I grew up in, I did graduate high school, but my mama deserved a diploma more than I did. I was going in the military, going to go in the Marines, and I was all set to go in the delay program, and then I met this beautiful brown-eyed girl sitting on the front row. Come on, somebody. I may be ugly, but I'm not dumb. Come on. Amen. (laughs) I said, Marines? Come here. And so that all happened. And so, and, and I also began to make some foolish decisions, got myself in trouble, in and out of the legal system. I'm not going to go into all of that. But then Jesus saved me in the middle of my mess. Come on. And He gave me a message for my mess. Hey, someone, somebody. You heard that before. Amen. He did. He really did. He cleaned me up. He changed my life. He called me into the ministry. And then I began to get my education, my Bible knowledge, Bible school. The Assemblies of God has three levels of credentials, certified, licensed, and then ordained. And you got to be licensed for two years. you got to be in active ministry for two years before you can even apply for ordination. And I did all of that and... and God bless it, and I was able to get my ordination. Some of you came to my ordination service. That was huge, and and so we're late in life, and now I'm going through Light University to become a life coach. I'm a chaplain for our township, and they're investing in me going to a conference in Tennessee next month, and and, and on and on and on, just to encourage you that no matter where you are, God, and how old you are, it don't matter. If you call out to God, he can use you and clean you up and put you into the ministry put you into corporate America. And my wife put her education on hold when we begin to have babies. And just two years ago, she went and got her degree from Liberty University and Christian counseling here at the church. Amen. And now she's Hey, Amen. Come on, somebody. Here's my point. The things that I learn now when I'm getting educated, it's amazing to me how they complement what the Bible's been teaching. This This thing about when you are awake, you know who you are, why you are here, where you're going. That's identity and purpose. That's the Bible teaches that. It's amazing that when you look at many of our teachings in the academic world, that many of them come from scripture. They just don't give glory to God. But you also young people need to determine and know enough of the word of God so that when something comes, if it's being taught by a The dean, anyone, and it doesn't line up with the word of God, you and I need to know how to receive the truth and put the other stuff to the side. Come on, somebody, amen? Amen. Is that helping anybody? I don't know. But as we watch and pray, as we watch and pray, number one, we realize or we wake up to who we are. We wake up to who we are. As you, That's why Jesus said, watch and pray. He's saying, I, you need to wake up. You need to be alert, to awake, and be oriented toward God. This is our instruction for the last day, and when we do this, we are able to wake up. Many will fall asleep, spiritually speaking, in the last days. Jesus taught a parable called the ten virgins. Y'all remember that? When he said there were ten virgins, and When he used virgins as a parable, what does that mean? He's meaning the church. Virgins represent the church in the scripture. They're pure. That's what he meant in the teachings. And he said, 10 of them in the last days, this is an end day parable, when when it really got dark, he said, five of them were wise, five of them were foolish. Remember that? The ones that were wise had oil in their lamps and took a little extra with them. The ones that were foolish brought a little bit of oil, but they didn't go any extra. There was no reading in the Bible four times a week. They just did the little Sunday and maybe an occasional Wednesday, nothing extra. It was just that. And Jesus says, when times begin to get crazy, that here it is, they all fell asleep because Jesus tarried his coming. I want you to hear that. The whole church fell asleep and people get mad today. Why ain't the church doing this? Why ain't the church doing that? Because it's, we're all asleep. That's why you see churches doing and embracing the most God awful things and crazy things that's happening today. It's a fulfillment of prophecy. Jesus said the whole church fell asleep, the wise and the foolish. But at midnight, everybody say midnight, the darkest time of night, Jesus told this parable and said, A cry went out and said, Wake up! Wake up! Watch and pray. For the bridegroom is coming. And the Bible said all 10 of them woke up. And the five that was smart said, oh my gosh, we are living in these days that I heard about when I was a kid watching. You've been left behind and I was scared to turn the lights off. It's happening right now. Are you seeing what's going on? And they begin to say, wait a minute. And they begin to get their oil and they had no oil. Then they got a little bit in their reservoir. Thank God they went back and got the old, blew the dust off their Bible and their devotionals. And they came back into church and the spirit of God began to stir in their lives again. Those are the wise, but the five foolish got up and said, man, I don't have any. And this is what blows my mind. They went to the five wise and said, give me some of your oil and your Bible says, they says, you got to go get it yourself. You ever been in a situation when you are on survival mode? Baby, I don't got enough for you. I'm barely holding it together. I ain't getting no amens in this church today. I don't have enough for you. I can't help you. I've been telling you to get your act together. I've been telling you to get right with God. You got to find them yourself, baby. You didn't know that was in your Bible. Jesus said that. And they went and they tried to get on fire for God. I mean it this time, Jesus. I mean it this time. And the Bible says while they were running around arguing with people, the bridegroom came and said, come, I got a supper waiting for you. It's called the marriage supper of the lamb. And I know there's pork chops up there. Come on, somebody. I know there's everything you got up there in the lamb. And the five foolish come and begin to knock on the door. And your Bible says that Jesus said the door was shut. Your Lord said this, not me. What's he saying to you today on August 20th, whatever it is, 2023? Wake up. Spiritually wake up and realize who you are. Some of y'all forgot who you are. Some of y'all forgot who you are. So much stuff has happened to you. You've you've been so traumatized. you You forgot. And there's God in front of you saying, where are you? Who are you? And you can't answer one of them. And the Lord sent me today to say, wake up. Shake yourself. Realize who you are. You've got an entire future ahead of you. God wants to bless you. He wants to use you. It's not over. Wake up. Hallelujah. Wake up. It's time to wake up and realize who you are. Number two, as we watch and pray, we become aware of our environments. They ask you, do you know who you are? And if you say yes, the next question is, do you realize where you are? And let me just tell you this in the last days, there's the Bible is filled with teaching saying, do you know what environment you are in right now? Some of you have drifted. And let me just say, young people, when you start school, listen, be careful of what environments you're going to get into be careful of who you're going to jump, you know, and, and, and be hanging out with It's important. Environments are so important. You can take a plant that is doing so good and you change its environment and it die. Nothing wrong with the plant. It was the environment. Talk to one of my friends, and it's good to see his son, Christian, here today with his baby and his family. But my, my friend Jeremy watches online, and he graduated from Life Challenge four years ago now. Came out of heroin, a very strong addiction. You've heard his story. He shared it here before. And I just talked to him two weeks ago. I said, Hey, how you doing? He said, Man, I'm doing great. And it's amazing what he said. He said, You know what's crazy, Ed? One of the reasons why he's struggling finding a good church, and he watches online, and I thank God for that. And uh, But he says one of the big things for him is he's got to watch his environments. He said, it's amazing, Eddie. We grew up in Ecorse, and we got in trouble, and it wasn't a good environment. Not that the whole city was bad, but uh, we were bad. And here's the point. He says you can relocate and find yourself in the same environment that you just left. Yes. How many can say amen to that? You can switch jobs into something. You can break up with somebody who's been treating you wrong. And six months later, you get in the same kind of relationship, the same kind of person. He looks the same, talks the same, big couple of other issues, but it's the same environment. Why? It's in us. Jesus prayed for a man in your Bible, the only man he prayed for twice. He prayed for a blind man and he said, can you see? And the blind man said, I cannot see. Your Bible says Jesus had to lead him out of the city. Pray for him again and said, can you see now? He said, now I can see. And Jesus said, don't go back into that city. Why? For him, it was an environmental issue. And I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about spiritual. What environment are you in? What your golfing buddies talk about, fellas? We love Jesus. We get on a golf course, we use his name, but we ain't praising him. We talk about this, we talk about that. What's going on with the with the ladies by your cubicle? I know you work from home now, so so what's the environment there? And sometimes being in isolation is the worst environment of them all. Do you know John the Baptist? I got three more to go. That clock is a liar. <laughs> You know, John the Baptist was on fire. He's the one that introduced Jesus. Come on, you saw it on Chosen. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Remember him, John the Baptist? He wasn't too Baptist, but he was Baptist. He was on fire, right? The Bible says that toward the end of his life, he got arrested. He got put in jail. Things. He's all by himself. He sent a text message, this is my version, to Jesus and said, Jesus are you really the Messiah? Here's a man that was ready to charge hell with a water pistol, was ready to do anything for God. I feel the call, had the fire, the tears, the passion in their heart. When they read the Bible, volunteering, serving, just wanted to make a difference. They just loved God, loved everybody. That was John, he was on fire. Now you find him doubting if Jesus was even the Messiah. What happened? One thing, changed the environment that's the only thing that happened. Same John. Jesus was doing more miracles by then than, G- than John saw in the beginning. But what happened? John was in a totally isolated environment. I was in pre-service prayer this morning and God said, tell him about Samson. I said, okay. So somebody needs to hear about Samson. Samson was a mighty man of God, and the Bible says he just liked to flirt a little bit too much with the ladies. He got an environment that wasn't healthy, and he knew better, but he would run back to church and feel the goosebumps and still hear God speak to him, and he was good for a while. But the Bible says he kept playing the two lives. He kept living two lives, one foot in the world, one foot in God. And he said, one day he laid his head back on the lap of Delilah, and she cut off his anointing. She cut off his calling, she cut off his purpose. And he awoke and said, I'm just going to go back to church like I've been doing my whole life. And I'm going to say, God, let me get back in there. And he says he went in and he did not realize the spirit of the Lord had departed from him. What happened? Environments. You and I are called, listen, to change environments. Let me get back to your identity. Do you realize you've got the spirit of God in you? I've seen it in my life, and then whenever I get into an environment, because I'm in many environments that are sometimes stronger in their sin than I am in that moment with God, in those situations, they will control the conversation. So I've learned to be prayed up when I'm going and when you're going. Some of y'all, when you go with your family, let me just be real, you better be prayed up. Come on, I'm looking over here. Because ain't nobody can get you in a wrong environment like your family. Come on, somebody. Everyone's saying, he's right on, but I don't want to clap because everybody's going to get offended in my family because they're all here watching. (laughs) Environments matter. Jesus said, watch and pray. The more you watch, the more you pray, the more you'll be able to find out about your environment. What happened to Adam when he sinned? God said, where are you, Adam? What environment are you in now, Adam? Because sin draws you to the wrong environment. So where are you, Adam? You used to meet me every every cool of the day. We would have our relationship. We would have our thing. Now you're hiding from me. What was different? His environment. Some of you don't have one Christian song on your playlist. And I'm not going to get all legalism. Here's the thing. God is looking for people that want to be with him. God is looking for people that want to listen to things and, be, and, and grow in their faith, that want and desire God. If you do it, out of, Pastor Eddie said, listen, you be your own judge over that. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to listen to, where to go, what to do. My point is, listen to him when he leads you, because it could hinder your growth. The thing about money is real. People make money of God. It's a lot of things. So I got to keep going. Watch and pray. As we watch and pray, we realize who we are. As we watch and pray, we realize our environments. We realize, you know what, I'm not, you know, I used to hang out with you guys. I, I was with some pastors before, probably about five years ago now. And I was meeting with them, and there was a, some from different faith or denominations and independents or Christian brothers. And, and it's good. I, I meet with some now. Uh, at the Owl in Myland. A little shout out to that coffee shop. Great place, and and uh, I think you need. We need that, right? But this one group I was at for a while. They began, There was a couple of them, and they just would, They just, even though they were pastors. I mean, just, it's the way it is. They would talk about stuff that was not too cool. They would just bash everybody and say stuff and this and that and talk about this and the leaderships in their own fellowships and other people. And, and sometimes you need to vent. And you, okay, We all do this way. Don't, you don't want to hear what I'm saying out in the woods sometimes, okay? You may hear your name called. Hallelujah, I'm praying for you. <laughs> and I'm throwing that rock at that tree. In Jesus' name, God, just. But I've had to say, you know what? I'm just gonna to have to drop off from this meeting because we're not because the coffee ain't too good, bro. And what happened with that particular group is about a year later. I ran into one of the pastors and we were at Home Depot and I said, "Hey, how's it going?" We're talking. He said, "Been good, good, man." I said, "You guys still meeting for coffee?" He said, "You know what? We were, but man, two of the pastors there are not even in ministry no more. One did this and the other one, man, he did this and this happened. And, and we just begin to talk and I begin to say, you know, he said, "Where you been?" I said, "You know, the Lord just..." Check my spirit at what a good environment for me to be. I'm not judging nobody. I'm just saying I'm young in ministry at the time. And I, I was trying to get through all of this stuff. And it wasn't healthy for me to sit there and listen to that. And he said, man, I wish I would listen to you. Cause I fight so much stuff right now. Someone say environment. environment, environment. It's your environment. What environment you are in. Number three, we're able to recognize the times we are in when we watch and pray. Jesus is saying in the last times, we need to recognize the times we are in. Some of us don't know the urgency that the time we are in. You know who you are. You know you're saved. You know where you are, but you don't know the time. And I gave you all of those signs, and I'm talking about this stuff, to lift up some urgency. Look what Jesus says. He says, for as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days of Noah before the flood, they were eating and drinking. They were marrying and giving into marriage until the day, the very day that Noah entered the ark. They were partying. They were building. The economy is fine. (laughs) Nothing to see here in China. Nothing to see here. Uh, are you on TikTok? You got to watch this new crazy, man. This is just this is something. This so crazy. Everything's fine. The whole time Noah is saying, hey, we're building this boat. It's going to rain. Everybody was like, rain? This man's done lost his mind. I'm going to go over to this other church where they don't talk about rain. I'm going to go over here and do this. I'm going to get into this spiritual stuff and rub these crystals on me and all this stuff and get my breakdown. I'm going to read this. And I'm, I'm just trying to be real with you today. Don't fall for these deceiving doctrine spirits that are getting you out of where God has placed you under the preaching and teaching of the word of God in your Bible. All the way to the day, Noah was looked at as an idiot, as a fool until the first raindrop fell. Jesus said, and then they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be working in the field. One will be taken and the other one left. Looking for the Lord, guys, helps you live for the Lord. We gotta be looking for the Lord. Can I tell you that when Jesus came the first time, there were signs, but only the wise men saw They were there. That star was there. But only the wise man saw him because only the wise man was looking for him. There are signs happening right now. Are you looking? Some of you don't realize, and I, with all the love I can, you're watching online or you're here in the building, you don't realize that you have drifted in your faith and it's causing, it's going to cause you know, disaster for you and your family. Your family is watching you and you're drifting from the things of God and God's calling you. I'm telling you, there's urgency in me today that needs to tell you, Jesus is coming. He's saying, watch and pray. Get up. You don't gotta be perfect. He just wants you to be surrendered to him. He wants you to invite him into your life and get back to where you used to be. Dust that Bible off. Get into church, begin to worship, begin to go after him and watch God begin to bring you into those deeper levels of his relationship and fellowship with him. Last point, we know as we watch and pray, we know who we are, we know where we are, we know what time it is, and we know what to do. We know what to do. After you have an accident or you have something and the first responders ask you this, and if you are an A-O times four, that's good. You're gonna sit there and maybe get a popsicle, put a little Band-Aid on you when I got my accident. My motorcycle slid 52 feet down Party Road in Taylor. I had shorts on, going to work at 2.30 in the morning, and the bar rush was letting out, and a guy ran a stop sign. I had leather chaps, though. It was August. It's coming up this month. It was very hot, and I was going to work. I slid with with leather. I had my Adidas forms on. They're blue ones, old school ones. And the doctor said, man, them shoes saved your feet. I said, because they're anointed, brother. Don't you know Adidas? One of them fell off. It was in this neighbor's yard. She'd come out with his shoe. I don't know how that happened. I was like, hey, hey. That's, my ankle was a little sore, but that saved my feet. My bike slid 52 feet. I didn't have, got up and they asked me all these questions. Do you know who you are? I said, where's my bike? <laughs> I got on my bike and rode it home. They begged me to get, and then I went to the hospital later. My, my point is this is, They asked me these four questions, and I was was able to sit there, and I had to be observation. I did have a concussion. I cracked my helmet, cracked the helmet. Thank God I had that helmet on, and I hate helmets. That's the one time I had it on. I sold my bike. Okay, amen. So (laughs) I rode them my whole life. I didn't mean to talk all about that, but I had to sell it. Girls went to college. Amen, and that's how that goes. (laughs) But the last point is this: if you know all four, you know who you are, you know where you are, you know what time it is. You, do you know what to do with what God's calling you to do? Jesus said this, watch and pray. He's talk, he said this to Peter. Again, watch and pray." He said, "For, so that you do not fall in the temptation, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak." See, Peter, Peter knew who he was. Peter knew. Where he was when Jesus prayed in the garden before he was crucified, Jesus, Peter knew who he was. He was the rock, right? He was, on what he said was the rock. He was the disciple of Jesus. He knew where he was. He did not realize the situation. And the Bible says that Peter ran out of the garden because he he knew who he was, but he didn't know what to do. And as you and I don't know what to do, we will go to sleep. And bad things help happen when we sleep. I was going to tell you about 1984, there was this movie that came out, had a budget of $1.1 They said it was going to be a flop. It was called Nightmare on Elm Street. It grossed $54 million and ended up being a franchise, all because this dude named Freddy Krueger would come visit you when you slept. Here's the point. Don't watch that movie. Melinda hates Freddy Krueger. I almost got in a fight at a haunted house with Freddy Krueger. Don't go to them either. Them guys are not there to scare you. Come on, somebody. With them little claws, you got a little close to my honey. Come on, somebody. Anyway, in that movie, they do anything to stay awake. They drink coffee. They stay awake. They slap one another because when they go to sleep, Freddy's coming. (laughs) I guess I did talk about it. Spiritually speaking, Jesus says when you go to sleep, Freddy ain't coming. There's someone worse than Freddy. It's called your flesh. He said, Peter, your spirit is willing. Deep down, you have a spirit. The Holy Ghost is wanting to come to church. The Holy Ghost is wanting to read. The Holy Ghost is wanting to be in Christian fellowship. The spirit is willing. Your flesh is your problem, brother. Your flesh is your problem, sister. Your flesh is my problem, people. It's my flesh, and he takes control when I let my spirit go to sleep. What am I going to do? Watch and pray. Somebody say, wake up. Come on, stand to your feet today in this place. I'm done preaching. I want to pray. I want to move into altar time. I want us to pray this morning. Jesus, I pray that a spirit of Issachar come over us so we do know what to do in these last times. I pray that, that Jesus comes next 100 years from now. I got two grandbabies come, one coming in one already here and you got life we got lives right but here's the reality of the thing if Jesus comes tonight before we show up for our archery group tonight fellas or before Wednesday or before the next time you're in Christian fellowship if Jesus comes let me hear you. let me tell you today i'm ready i'm ready Let China do whatever China's going UFOs, there ain't no aliens. You can believe in Martians if you want. I don't care what happens. It's just distractions. I'm ready. If I die of a heart attack, I'm ready. I don't know what's going to happen in two years, two weeks, two months. You know how fragile life is? On the way to our life group last Sunday, we had one of the jets from uh, a Russian jet from the air show just blew up and two pilots ejected and crashed into the apartments right over here. I was just at that air show Saturday, Tyler and I saw that jet. Thank God nobody was hurt, but you just never know when our time is called. I don't mean to scare you. I'm not getting, I'm just being real with you today. God is wanting us to wake up. Where are you today? Do you know who you are? Maybe you don't even know who you are. You are a zero today. You're not awakened to the truth of God. You might have been Presbyterian. I go to an independent or I go to a Catholic or I'm gonna go to a Lutheran church. Good, good for you. Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you believe he is the Messiah? You've turned from your sins and you've turned to him and you believe in him as the Lord of your life. That's your first step. That's where it begins then everything else begins to trickle after that. Maybe you are a believer. You know who you are. You know where you are. You know all the times are are here. It's that stuff you talked about. You used to lead Bible studies and talk about this stuff. Now all you want to talk about is anything and everything but Jesus. You're drifting, brother. You're in the wrong environment. I don't know where you are on this scale. This is just a message God gave me today. So I'm going to open up the altars. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come. We're going to sing. These guys are going to sing another song. It's altar time. And we're going to pray. If you need prayer, you need to come up and get some prayer. Maybe you got you, you need a healing in your body. You need to come up and get prayer. Maybe you're going to go see a doctor this week. You need to come and get prayer. Maybe you're struggling with something. Come and get prayer. You need to give your life to Jesus today and say, Pastor Eddie, I'm not really living for the Lord. Well, today is the day of salvation. Today you can do it. I'll pray with you online, but those of you that are in the building, come, make your way to the front. It's altar time. presence, his promises in all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.